Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. Today I'm joined by my guest Gary Sheeder, who is the founder and managing director at the Manufacturers Alliance. Welcome to the show, Gary. How are you? Ah, very well, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you for the for the invitation. You're very welcome. I know we did have a a, a sort of brief catch up uh, the other side of Christmas. It seems so long ago now, and uh, you know everybody's sort of more or less back into the swing of things. It's all a bit frantic, and here we are recording another uh, another series of these podcasts. So uh, looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, so sense. for our for our audience that maybe aren't familiar with the Manufacturers Alliance, can you? Can you just give us a bit of a flavour as to how it all came about? You know, what what inspired you to establish the Manufacturers Alliance and how has it sort of evolved over the years? Yeah, yeah, it, um, it, it's a little bit of an accident how it starts. There's a little, little bit of a parallel with uh, the chat we are having before the, the podcast, Jeff, and that's um, what, what led to it was raising money for charity. Yeah. So... Um, someone that I knew that they've been um, doing some work for us and helping us out with something. Um, she, um, her daughter, and then knew straight away that her daughter wasn't, wasn't well. So her daughter had a congenital heart disease. Um, and was sent home with a baby that wasn't well, but felt that they were treated, I suppose like, like most parents are, you know, that's it. Our job's done. We've delivered your baby. Now you crack on and look after it. Yeah. But when you've got a baby that's really ill, they were kind of like, what are we meant to do with this thing that we've been told is like really ill? What should we be doing anything differently? And they mm. felt a bit exposed and left out on their own. And, and unfortunately, a daughter leg and passed away at 12 weeks old. Oh. Um, and, and Karen said, you know, I really want to do something. Uh, I want to um, make sure this doesn't happen to other people who are in a similar situation to us, whether some support in place that, you know, people have got someone from day one who can, who can help them. So Karen wanted to start her own charity. Mm. I, I said that I could help, but I had absolutely no clue. We were chatting about this before the podcast. Like, how do you help charities? I, mean, I don't know anything yeah. about setting up charities or at that particular time, no involvement or, you know, what, what could I do? The only thing that I knew at the time was I knew a few manufacturing companies and through just chatting, we decided uh, we'll we'll do a manufacturing um, meeting, we'll bring in a couple of speakers and we'll just ask all the people that attend, stuff some money in a pot and then whatever money gets stuffed in the pot in the meeting, we give that to Karen and that's the start of a charity. Yeah. So we So we did that. It was it was great, and I don't like networking, so it was kind of like I'll help you with it. So this is me right outside of my comfort zone, running a networking <laughs> meeting. Don't like being, you know, centre of attention, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I helped her with it. But then people were saying, "When are we doing it again?" It was like I, I thought that was it. <laughs> we just we've done it, yeah. Uh, and people wanted. Um, wanted to do it again and obviously Karen was appreciative of doing it again so so we did it for a year so every month we met in an evening by and peas a couple of hours brought, brought different speakers in and, and each month we raised more and more money for but for the charity yeah um which now uh, Lagan's Foundation is a national charity and and they're doing doing a fantastic job so it was it's good I mean, still, you know, keeping contact with uh, with Karen. You know, we still do fundraising for them. But that that was the start of the um, start of the alliance in a way. And I mean, it wasn't the alliance then; it was just an evening networking group for manufacturers. Yeah. But what I found at the time was <clears throat> we, it was called Bolton Manufacturers Group. I mean, as you're probably familiar, Jeff, Bolton's the centre of the UK, and everyone absolutely wants to get, everyone wants to get to Bolton. <laughs> Um, but we, we had people coming from um, Yorkshire as far as Hull. We had people coming up from your neck of the woods, you know, down as far as Coventry. Yeah. Um, Lake District, Liverpool. And it was like, 
why are people coming yeah. <laughs> these distances? You're on to IMP's evening in Bolton to talk about manufacturing. Yeah. And the feedback was it's a safe space. It's only manufacturers that they're at the event. You know, whoever you're speaking to is another manufacturer. Yeah. And there just isn't any anything locally where we can we can meet up with other other people. We're bringing different speakers in to just talk about different things that are value to manufacturers. Mm. And then beyond that, it was a there was a kind of group of people over a period of time that were saying, "Oh, two, a couple of hours is great, but want to know more about improving operations or sales or change management and all, all these other topics." Yeah, but it's not long enough the two hours because you've got to fit some time in for some food. We've got some speakers to listen to. You want to have a chat with other people. You yeah. don't really get into the depth. So we set up um, a couple of meetings where they were full day meetings rather than just a couple of hours in a in an evening. Yeah. And that was the start of it. So this is just over 10, 10 years ago now. We, we ran a couple of testers, um, invited a, a few different, different companies in, and... Again, that that was it really. We we set up a peer group, and I suppose for me then it was like job done. You know, we've got a group yeah. of people who want to meet, but then it was the same again. It's oh, this is great. It works. Let's set up a second group. So, so over the course of ten years, we're at we're at ten ten peer groups now, and you know, it's just I mean, you mentioned about like the, the evolution of it. Yeah. I mean, the evolution of it has been supporting more manufacturers has, has been has been partly the, the the evolution, but but I also think the two ears and and one mouth um, philosophy for us. Um, you know, I'm naturally quite introverted, so I'm I'm much better at listening than I am at, at talking. So so I think the listening to people, listening to what manufacturers' needs are. Mm um we've we've managed to keep it fresh you yeah. know where when people are coming back because I, I mean the commitment to our peer groups is a full day every month so okay. so it has to stay fresh for people to stay stay engaged and involved with it and yeah you know we are still working with a lot of businesses that we've, we started out with 10 10 years ago um so i think that's how we've we've continued to to evolve and that's by by listening by listening in the simplest form. I know like, you know, you've got to kind of turn that into something, listening to people. But if you don't listen, then you don't know what you you've got to turn it into, really. Absolutely. And I mean it's interesting that 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 concept just in itself, because you know, I, I suppose manufacturing like most business sectors needs a certain level of support, different types of support. And, and but each manufacturing business has got its own set of circumstances and set of challenges or, or problems so if you've got a you know you could design a i don't know a course a seminar whatever it might be on a certain topic well the chances of that exactly fitting what your manufacturing community are going to want and need it, it is it's a bit of a lottery isn't it so the whole listening thing um you're basically getting the you know the real roots of of what's going on in in the community of the people you know in your sort of circle in the alliance and you can you know design stuff that they're that they need they actually need and that they want and that they're asking for in effect which is you know probably the right the right way around we're trying lots of things a lot of things haven't worked so, so i'm not saying that we listen uh, and you know every time we listen we do something and all as if by magic that's another thing that's that's brilliant but we're we're open to that kind of failing fast <clears throat> yeah mentality of you know some of our customers have come up with some ideas or they've suggested something let's give it a go see how it gets on again some traction and people getting some value we carry on if people say that's not working <laughs> then we don't we don't carry on with it yeah that's a, a nice sort of gradual evolution, isn't it? And you, you're sort of following the the flow from the manufacturers that are, you know, that have got these sort of challenges. So that it sounds very collaborative. We'll get on to, I'm sure, talking a little bit more about different ways of collaborating during the conversation. But uh, 
what a fantastic journey over 10 years crikey um well congratulations on that in, in itself that's a you know for any organization to um to survive for that long you you've got to be doing most things right haven't you so uh well done for that so coming back to leadership then in your experience and what you're seeing you know sort of currently and over the last sort of six months or so what are you finding are the most significant challenges uh gary facing manufacturing and engineering leaders and what what is the manufacturing alliance doing to you know hopefully um you know navigate them through those challenges uh, well i'll, I'll stay like, like general with it because I, I can't say what i'm going to say is every every manufacturing engineering company in the uk you know will, would share this but but i would say i would say generally um <clears throat> skills uh challenges which i think ties in with not enough um not enough people coming into the sector young people entering into into manufacturing yeah. is a is is a challenge for for people so i would say that there are some some skills skills issues um would be one general thing that i think is 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 affecting a lot of people yeah um i think uncertainty uh we've been through you know a period of change that hopefully you know we don't we don't experience again in our lifetimes but you know i think with you know with covid and the the political landscape yeah the cost of living crisis energy crisis economic uncertainty across the globe wars all these things are just creating a lot of noise and uncertainty in the sector which you know people you know they hold on to the push strings and as soon as a few people start doing that it just yeah. cascades all the way through the supply chain yeah when when people are not spending so i think that that uncertainty excuse me uncertainty isn't um isn't helping so i think there's a lot of manufacturers experiencing that again not not all because there's some manufacturers having a you know having a good time currently yeah um, yeah I think that sustainability is becoming a pressure for people. Um, I think there are some people who want to go down a sustainability route um, that that genuinely want to go down the route. They, they, you know, they want to do um, good for the planet and, yeah. and and people, and you know, their um, their reason for wanting to get to net zero and beyond that is a you know because it, it's the it's the right thing to do yeah um but it, but even for for people who are not that there's still a pressure in some sectors where there's these deadlines on yeah with net zero 2030 you know and i think that's starting to have a have a ripple effect now the reality i think is starting to hit, hit people yeah um of of how we're going to achieve that in in our business which my, my own personal view is it it can only be positive so you know whether people it's a lot of nonsense you know global warming and, and all that or whether they're for it i think what it'll create it'll create innovation i think when you get these you know these pressure points on we've got to get to net zero by x day i think manufacturing and engineering great innovators yeah so when you're up against it i think we'll see some real magic yeah in you know kind of new products systems ways of developing things that mean we get there quicker because if we just said well let's just leave it till 2050 not no one will <laughs> we'll all just leave it won't we so yeah. that's that's miles away let's let's not bother um so i think the tight deadline will force innovation I think so uh, i think that's a pressure for for, for a lot a lot of people so, some yeah. are good pressure others not so good yeah um yeah and i would say um retaining people i think retaining retaining talent which i think is closely linked to kind of employee engagement um yeah. it is a 
is a challenge. And, and I know we've we've spoken about this, you know, before, Jeff. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it's market forces, and you know, that's just, it's just one of those those things, and you still got to do something about it. But I think sometimes it's self inflicted. <laughs> I think yeah. ge- generally people they don't leave businesses they leave bad managers um and you know we're not we're not running our businesses effective enough to keep people excited and wanting to work for us yeah you know so yeah so so i think the you know the retaining talent you know i think it's a mix of some of it where we're doing it really we're creating it and some of it's you know the market forces you know i think when yeah it's great, you know, BA systems and, mm. and companies like that are doing great, things are going well. But when they say, oh, we're going to recruit another 2,000 people next year, it just like empties all the local SME companies of engineers. Yes. Doesn't, doesn't help the supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that so many times over the years um, without mentioning any names, you know. Um, you know, automotive's another example of that where, you know, when the OEMs have got a, a big recruitment drive on, you know, the tier ones, they're the first ones that get hoovered up and then they're backfilling from other tier ones or tier twos. And it just, it sort of just goes down the line, you know, and it just has a, a really, a really huge effect, I think, on the SME companies because, you know, you, you do struggle to compete with some of the bigger companies, you know, on salary, on benefits, on yeah, on and you can't, can you? You can't, yeah. yeah. If you if you're going to try and compete on money, for a lot of people, it's you know, it's not really possible. But, but I know from some of the conversations we've had, even in an exit interview, you know, people are polite, you know, and they they say why they're leaving, but we get the we get the warts <laughs> and all, yeah, chat, don't we? Yeah, people absolutely. tell us why they've really left the company. Yeah. Um, you know, you probably hear it more than anyone. So, so you've got a really clear picture of, you know, how, how uh, you know, manufacturers are, are leading and managing within their organisations. And there, you know, some, there's some work, work to be done isn't there on, you know, how we do that. Absolutely. You know, most people listening to this would think I, I've got a very biased opinion uh, because I'm a recruiter or an executive headhunter. But as with anything in, in, in business and life, I do think there needs to be balance. And yeah, I think there is work to be done in terms of company culture, employee engagement, hiring, retention, development, all of those good things. Um, but a lot of businesses, they're not inherently bad. A lot of uh, leaders and managers, if I can use that term, they don't set out to be bad leaders and managers. There are always you know, some mitigating circumstances, but, you know, from my point of view, and you're right, I do see it, you know, practically every day, you know, I'm either talking to a client, a prospective client or, you know, candidates or prospective candidates all got their own story. And it's like anything, you know, if you, if you took a snapshot of UK manufacturing, you will always have a proportion of businesses out there that have got a great culture they're an employer of choice. They treat the people well. Every everybody within reason are are pretty happy. It's a success story. You've got the others at the other end of the scale that wouldn't know what good culture was if it fell on their head and crushed them. Um, attrition's just you know revolving doors. Sometimes it's because they just don't know any different. Um, yeah. And then you've got your your sort of in between. So I, I don't think anytime soon that whole conundrum is is going to ever be solved properly it's just you know we're dealing with people at the end of the day and you know uh it's such a it, it's such a fluid landscape you know people have a good day they have a bad day if they're having a bad day it might mean that they're not really the person that they normally are you know and it, it's down to interpretation of why individuals whether it's bosses or or team members go about things in a certain style so it's all it, it is always a challenge you know i, I think budgets come into it a little bit on a sort of training and development would would love to have you know a bit more uh, budget allocated uh for the right reasons and i'm always a fan of supporting that but you got to work with what you got to work with haven't you when, when you're running a business you know if your p l and cash flow is saying well yeah we'd love to do a bit more on uh employee engagement or csr or dei or any of these any of these initiatives 
you can only do so much at, at a time, can't you? But um, but yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one. And organisations like yourselves, you know, that are that are involved in, you know, trying to get leadership into a better place through, you know, through whatever um, events, training, seminars, courses, networking, peer groups, all, all the all the good stuff that you do. There's enough information out there and there is actually enough. I think there's enough support out there in the market if businesses are willing to spend a bit of time invested in trying to make their organization a bit better or make their culture a bit better. Um, I think there are enough answers out there in general, but we're, we're dealing with a frantic sector, aren't we? Manufacturing is, it's always, you know, there's, there's never any downtime. It's always a challenge. <laughs> I haven't spoke to many manufacturers that, 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 have got any spare time usually it's all something's always kicking off whether it's a new customer or a, or a new product introduction or uh you know there's a there's an issue with the plant something's something's gone wrong it's a very dynamic environment but um you know as long as there's support organizations out there the help you know it, it's just got to be signposted and and leaders have just got to take the time to to dip their toe in the water i think yeah i think I think for us that that's where our peer groups work, work well. Yeah. You know, I think because I think for a lot of these um, challenges that manufacturers are faced with, I think for a lot of manufacturers they just want to see how other people are doing it. Mm. They don't necessarily want to pay a consultant to to come in. Um, you know, I think just show me what it is, and we'll 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 crack on, and we'll yeah. you know we'll make it happen. Yeah. I think that's where the peer groups work well because I think once someone sees some best practice in, you know, how someone's leading the the team, that how they how they behave, the way they speak, um, so not necessarily best practice in terms of let's go and have a look at some operational best practice and and lean techniques and all that kind of stuff. I think within a within a peer group of other other MDs and senior people in manufacturing. I think there's a lot of facets to it. Yeah. In terms of what your takeaways are in terms of in terms of learning. And you can start picking up on other people's people's styles and being challenged by other people. Because in your own business, when you're the MD, it's not always a good career move for other people to say, we think you're a tosser. <laughs> Where other other people That's in a right. peer group can say you're coming across as a bit of a dick. Yeah. And people in your own business won't say that. But when you go to a peer group with other people running businesses, they'll be honest with you. <laughs> and, yeah. say, and say, look, if you spoke to me like that, you know, I'd just tell you do one. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just yeah. So you get that honesty that maybe you don't quite get in your own in your own organization. That's a good point. And some man. people like that, you know, and some people go, Come on, bring it on give me the honesty and, and some people yeah. don't like it and yeah they're just kind of like well that feedback isn't isn't for me well yeah we all need it <laughs> such is life yeah i mean the, the peer the peer-to-peer thing it's it's sort of like you're forcing that individual that's probably you know hesitant to to hear the truth to get in front of that mirror you know and, and it's a safe it's a safe space isn't it you know what 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 you do the, the conversations that you and your groups have that's got to be better to hear something you don't want to hear rather than in the boardroom or on the factory floor in your own business you know so maybe that's oh, the... just not no it's a blind spot yeah that no one's willing to tell you what it is in your own organization but you know through you know, stepping outside and getting some, I don't know, I'm not saying everyone should join our peer groups, but from somewhere, get yourself a coach or do something yeah. to just get some feedback, you know, yeah. on how, you, how you're perceived by by other people. Yeah. Bit of 360 feedback uh, didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they tell me anyway. Uh, so leadership skills then, I mean, for for you, what what sort of key leadership qualities do you think are absolutely essential in the modern manufacturing space? You know, in, in terms of you know navigating some of the challenges that that most manufacturers are facing, what are the sort of standouts for you in terms of skills or or even values? Come to come to think of it, 
Well, well, I think it ties in with what what we were just just talking about, and I think like in the modern language, it'd be referred to as uh, having a growth mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, in old money, that might be you know someone who's just open to learning, got got an open open mind. So, so I do think it's that that type of leader that's open to open to feedback. You know, is a is a learner. Uh, you know, and approaches life with an open open mind. You know, people yeah. situations, <clears throat> um, and you know we we're all capable of growing and and developing. But I think when you're on it and you're a, a learner and a grower and someone who's developing yourself, you get it. So I think when you sat opposite one of your managers, other yeah. people in your business, you understand it. You understand that, you know, two outsiders looking in, I'm trying to, you know, get better at having difficult conversations. To someone who's already good at it, they go, oh, put your big boy's pants on and just get on with it. Yeah. But to someone who finds it hard, <clears throat> it re- it, it's a real challenge. I think someone who is a learner gets that, that when someone sits opposite you and says, do you know what, I find this really difficult, mm. they, they know how hard that is. To some people, it might seem, oh, is that it? But they'll support someone through it. Yeah. You know, I think the the, the modern leader is, um, you know, all companies need a vision, but it's been able to facilitate people towards yep. that. Yeah. You know, I think the authoritarian telling style, you know, it's just out, outdated. You know, I think supporting people through the, through the growth, facilitating, you know, the, the team's growth together is is all about modern leadership. And it's more yeah. of a, it's, it's, it's very kind of community and people led into it. It's, it, it's, it's different than, than, than what it used to be. It's what people want to be part of. Yeah. Part of now, you know, yeah. you, you need to lead that. And, and I think the thing that's at the nub of it that is that leap of faith is being vulnerable and that from the chat that we were having you know before we before we kicked off you know we've, we've all had different types of upbringings it's not for everyone the being being vulnerable yeah with, with your with your team yeah but that's modern that to me that's that is modern modern leadership you know i think admitting that you're not good at some stuff We've all got strengths, yeah. Share the things that you that that you're good at, but you've got you've got to lead by example and say, "There's some things that I'm not good at, yeah. <laughs> and these are things that I'm I'm not not good at." And laugh about it, you know. You know, don't give me that stuff. <laughs> I'm terrible with it. Yeah. But I just think there's a lot of people out there that they there's this facade. Yeah. They're bulletproof and amazing at, at everything. That's just not the case. It does also create opportunity for others, doesn't it? You know, if the if the leader sort of opens up and they're showing their their authentic self, warts and all. Um, you know, hopefully not too many warts, but you know, um, just just sort of showing people that yeah, they're human, that they are the leader or the boss or what what whatever it might be. But I think by showing their own vulnerabilities, I think that endears a bit of trust and 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 some understanding I, th- I think people are a little bit more a little bit more likely to certainly persevere with, with a leader who's tr- who's trying to maybe you know change the way they're doing something or you know they they need to get xyz results i think if you're showing some of your own let's call them weaknesses but just areas for development because everybody's yeah. got them um that again you know, if a leader says, oh, well, you know, I hate doing this or I'm not very, I've never been any good at that or I, I don't really know too much about that. What a great opportunity for somebody to then go, well, I can help with that. And it could then create, could create an even better career path for themselves, you know? So there's a there's one benefit straight away for leaders just being a little bit more open and showing a little bit more um, of, of what, what you get when you, when, when you scratch underneath the surface a little bit i I think it can only be a good thing so tell me about the leadership academy 
What 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 is that, and who's it for, Gary? Uh, well, predominantly it's for it's for our our customers who who are all um, uh, you know mostly SME manufacturing companies. Yeah. Um, and and again, that that was born out of listening to the challenges of, I think sending sending the teams away for training, bringing people in to deliver training, you know, leadership training. Yeah. Um, not averse to spending money. You know, we've sent people off for a few days. We've sent people off for months. We've spent a few hundred quid. We've spent a few thousand quid. And the the general feedback has been um, people's babies don't change and the company's not seeing any tangible benefit. Mm. So, so our academy has been built on behavioral change and, and delivering delivering results because that's what our customers want to yes. want to see. So our, our style of of delivering training through the academy is all around experiential learning. Mm. So so it's about learning by by doing. So yeah, you, you need some some theory, but we don't use powerpoints. So you know, the, I think there's some people who are sitting through 150 PowerPoint slides um, and it's just, you know, it's not sticking. I mean, it wouldn't stick stick for me either. Yeah. But you know, the, the best way of learning is by giving stuff a go and, and, and trying it. Yeah. You know, and if that's behavioral stuff, you know, having a difficult conversation, well, let's give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> let's. Yeah. Let's have one in the in the room together. What you know? What what's worked for you before? What what isn't isn't working? So, so yeah, that that our academy's grown over the over the years, just on the back of getting our customers' challenges and saying, could could you create a solution for create a solution for that? Yeah. So is it sort of it, it, it's every every sort of session or. I suppose course is the wrong word, but these are these are sort of put together and uh, on a on a bespoke customer scenario, are they? Or no, no, mo mo mostly not. So the okay, yeah, if you, if you, like our team leader program as an example, um, similar to our peer groups, we we bring lots of people together from different businesses. The yeah. groups are capped uh, at eight eight people in a in a group, so we keep it tight and, and intimate yeah um but will that group go on a journey together so the, the program's about about nine months uh, and then they meet roughly every every couple of weeks yeah um but it's the whole suite of tools and leadership development that gives them the full toolbox of, of being able to, to to lead a team but but it but it's done in a practical way of doing yeah. it you know so if if there's stuff that's to be delivered in the department, our facilitators, well, we because we host the you know the, the development on on factory sites. Yeah, they they go out and deliver it. So they go into that person's department and say, right, let's go and find the problem together. Right. Okay. <laughs> and let's solve a problem. Yeah. As a as a team. So, so rather than doing some kind of theory, let's let's just get out there and and do it together. So, so that's kind of generally yeah. our our style of um, of training. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, you, you mentioned facilitation. Um, yeah, and that in itself is a valuable resource for for most businesses. So, the Manufacturers Alliance, you, you provide facilitation as part of your your suite of leadership support. I think for the benefit of our audience, the listeners, or anybody watching on on YouTube. Um, I think it's worth noting that facilitation is subtly different to, to coaching and, and, and mentoring. What are the typical scenarios are you being called upon by your clients to actually facilitate? Have you got a couple of examples of, you know, maybe scenarios or or, or topics, themes that, that sort of crop up regularly? Yeah, and that this is something that people have said to me in the past that I'm delusional. And the Manufacturers <laughs> Alliance model doesn't work for this for this reason. Okay, and that's the facilitation of people saying we've got a problem with this, 
and us connecting them with one of our customers that have solved that problem before. Right. So the facilitation is connecting people to help each other. Yeah. Um, and this is where I've been accused of lack of commercial nows, because um, I should be selling consultancy to these people. I said, all right, you've got that problem. Well, here's so many hundred thousand pounds worth of consulting to, fi to fix it. But it, yeah. it's just not, you know, that's not right. My way of doing things. And I don't think the way things should, should be done. So, okay. so we, we, the facilitation, I would say is the, is the connecting of, of people is by far, you know, on a day, if, if not daily basis, at least every other day, all our peer groups have WhatsApp groups. Someone will drop something in one of the WhatsApp groups. Who's solved this problem before? Yeah. And everyone mucks in and says, oh, we did this, we did that, or come to our business and have a look. And if it can't be solved in that group, we drop it in all the other groups and say, who's ever fixed this? So I would say that that's probably the most, the most common. But I think if it's a facilitation of can one of your facilitators come in and help us with something? Yeah. I would say it's the dynamics within a, a leadership team, typically. Okay. Okay. And that's the the, the the sort of different agendas, personality styles, sometimes yeah, the you, structure. Yeah, you know it's not working, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the dynamics within the team, it isn't, you know, what it what it needs to be. We've tried all kinds of things to to put it right mm. i think it's now time to bring an external resource in to yep. help us with it so so i would say that's probably that's probably the most the most common yeah um but you know like others you know helping manage change improvement growth plans and strategies um but i would say yeah the the thing that is and not everyone reaches out but i think the thing that is kind of most most common is just yeah we, we haven't got a you know a high performing leadership team yeah but they're, they're, i mean with the with the best will in the world and the best level of talent within a leadership team you know individual skills experiences high performance you know, I suppose you can relate it to football, couldn't you? You know, you, you might have a team of absolute superstars, but then they don't always make the best team. With a leadership team, um, you absolutely need it to be cohesive, don't you? You need everybody to be, I know it's a cliche, but pulling in the right direction. You certainly don't need mini silos in a leadership team. Bad enough having silos throughout an organisation, but if you've got, you, you know, these sort of roadblocks or, you know, sort of little silos in, in a in a leadership team, especially a senior leadership team, the the, the negative impact throughout the whole organisation is, is just, it just goes on and on and on. So that whole, you know, dynamic, the relationships, again, the sort of agenda, this is one thing that always fascinates me with, with leadership teams is that, you know, um, Sometimes you can get people that are, you know, they're doing it, they're doing a great job, but there's, there's an agenda there. Sometimes it's counterproductive for the business because they've got their own personal ends to look after. Other times they might have a negative effect on one of their peers within that leadership team. You know, they're, they're all individually doing a great job for the business, but there's, there's just, yeah, but not collectively creates yeah. yeah friction. And, you know, and then that sort of cascades down into the, the individual functional teams that these leaders are, responsible for it you know it's very tough to keep stuff within a boardroom isn't it sometimes it, it does spill out you know in, into the wider business so uh yeah i, I can see where facilitation and, and you know being the glue that holds all that together properly and yeah matching everything up and, and getting a cohesive team i think there's a, a there's a, a deep art to to being able to do that it's, it's you know I suppose you've got to identify where the problems and the challenges are in the first place and get rid of some of that denial as well. Well, that's it's like what you're saying. That's leadership, Jeff, groups. isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I've just, um, I've just listened to Stephen Bartlett's new, new book. Um, is it like three thirty three laws of business and life? Yeah. And, uh, and he mentions Ferguson, Alex Ferguson. Okay. In, in that, um, 
you know, not not that I'm a Ferguson fan or or a Man United fan, but is um, just just really kind of all in the set of kind of values of that team, front and centre, mm. and saying it's always going to be about the team. Yeah, and there's never going to be anyone who's bigger and better than the team or or this this club. Um, and he's had some amazing talent that he's just said, no, thanks. Just moved them on. Yeah. You're not a yeah. team player. You're not working with the rest of the team. You don't, you don't fit. You, you, you're gone. Not, you know, not, not everyone has always agreed with him, but in his prime, you know, I don't know if any manager's ever going to, ever going to match what, you know, what he, what he achieved, but it was always about people. If you hear the stories about Ferguson, <clears throat> he was a people, he was a people manager, really. I mean, obviously knew his football, mm. you know, but, but first and foremost, he was, he was about people, very, very emotionally intelligent guy, really got to know everyone, you know, like everything about everyone, yeah, everything yeah. about the families, yeah, what was going on in their extended families, very, very personable guy. Um, but that, that to me is the, that's the modern leadership. Yeah. And so it's, it's about really getting to, getting to know your, know your people. Yeah. I mean, you can parachute someone like me in or one of my team in to come and help you, help you fix it. But I think we'll come to the same root cause and that's, we've got to improve, the, got to improve the leadership. Otherwise yeah. we'll be yeah. coming back again in, yeah. in 12 months time. Yeah. So where do you where do you see the dial currently in terms of manufacturing business owners being either ready to exit or sometimes even even having an exit strategy? Um, what, what what are you seeing in general in the market? I'm probably seeing more people ready than there's ever been. Okay, yeah, in terms of appetite for for exit, mm -hmm. um, but I, I think. Just over the most recent years, I think one of the learnings for me has been that the sale of a business is perceived as being similar to selling your house, where um, you know you put it in a shop window, and then a week later you get half a dozen people wander around. Someone puts an offer in, and yeah, I just walk away with a a bunch of cash, and it's all done in in ten weeks, but. Yeah, the reality of selling businesses uh, just just doesn't look anything anything like that. You yeah. know, the yeah, you you asked to be a, a buyer. Most people overvalue the, the the companies as as well. So yeah, yeah, and I don't think people understand the timeline of you know pre preparing your exit. You know, well in advance of maximizing you know if you're selling ma maximizing the value of your of your company takes some takes some time you know yeah. so, some planning and, uh, and making changes to make sure you get you know the best bang for your buck yeah um but if it's exit and you know people are not selling you know and it's succession i think similarly there's no real there's no real long-term planning where i think going back to the returning people they might have kept some good people if there was a bit more openness about succession planning. Yeah. That it's not going to be yet, Jeff. You know, you're not going to be operations director next year. But, you know, let's be open. This is the current team. These are the potential people coming up through the ranks that could take some of these roles. Yeah. We might be looking at three to five years, Jeff, and the ops director's role is potentially something that we could develop you into. Now, I might be happy with that. Yeah. But if no one has that conversation with me, always there's some transparency about succession. There's nothing for me in this business. I'm off. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, you know, there's nothing worse than than people, no matter what sort of level you are in an organisation, it, it's almost like if you're kept in the dark, you're going to make assumptions yourself, aren't you? That there's either an opportunity or there isn't, as the case may be. Um so I think whether it's, yeah, I mean, we're talking about sort of exits and succession at the moment, but it could be about anything, couldn't it? And this is one of the things 
about leadership, I think that, you know, with a little bit more transparency, um, that just, I don't know, just settles people down a little bit more. You know, I think people's fuse grows a little bit more. With, with a little bit more transparency, people are, you know, they'll they'll be prepared to to push through the tough times a little bit more because they can see, yeah. you know, what's coming down the track. They can see that light at the end of the tunnel or they, they can see that the business are trying to do X, Y, Z. And I know why why organizations and, and, and leadership teams have to do certain things and have certain high level conversations behind closed doors. That's just the way of the world. Um, it's not a free for all, you know, there is a reason why leaders are in these positions and have to make strategic decisions. But sometimes I think that there's probably not enough that could be shared. I think it's, I don't know, I don't know what the stats are. You probably wouldn't get stats, but, you know, I, I think the larger companies uh, have got a good communication protocol. They've got great systems in place and all of these things where stuff does does get sort of farmed out throughout the, the organization. When you look at an SME company, if you were looking at a, I don't know, a 10-man, 20-man or 20-person business with, with a, you, you know, a, a sole owner or an MD, I think that is potentially more of a scenario where you don't get to hear about anything until it's probably happened um, unless you've got the ear of, of the MD. So there, there must be thousands and thousands of people out there in, in, in businesses that they go to work, they get paid, they do a good job or not, they, they progress or they don't. But there's a lot of stuff that's just unknown a lot of the time. And half the time with SME, the MD is probably that busy trying to juggle paying suppliers, winning new business, uh, you know, getting money from the bank, investing, whatever it might be. Um, I can see why sometimes that's a ball that does get dropped quite often. But I think if, if, if people just had a little bit more clarity about where's the business going to be in two years time or in six months time, or, you know, uh, business might be thinking about, you know, open up in a new plant or, or relocating, or, you know, you can't, you can't tell the ins and outs of all these things to the whole workforce. But I think there is quite a lot that's probably kept under wraps a little bit too long. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether that's about bad trust. Times. Yeah. I, I think the, you know, the communication quite often tails off and if we're not having a good yeah. time, we don't really want to be, you know, doing a town hall meeting and telling people we're not doing well. Yeah. But pe people already know, don't they? But whatever stupid. department you're in, you know, if you, if you're in supply chain, we're not buying as many materials. And if you're in manufacturing, we're not making as much, Yeah, we're not making as much stuff and the transport aren't putting as much stuff in the, in the vehicle. So it's not rocket science, is it? Yeah. People yeah. know we're, we're not doing well. Um, so, so I think best, Best being honest, aren't you, about you know current state of affairs, but also what we're what we're doing about it. You know what our plans are for the for the future. I think that's all people want to know, don't they? Are we are we stuck here? You know, are things never going to change? But I think a bit of optimism about we're going to get through it. Don't worry about it. These yeah. are some of the things that we've we've got going on behind the behind the scenes. We're developing this this new product. We're looking at these other other markets i think people would would be appreciative i think you're right in, in terms of in terms of communication yeah yeah absolutely so uh, we're sort of coming towards the end of the the discussion this afternoon gary I've, I've got one more question for you and this is about your your sort of calendar i suppose we're in january now as we're recording this i know you host a number of different sort of events throughout the year you've got your peer group events i know you do some rain tables webinars and that type of stuff what big topics are you covering across your portfolio of events during the next six months for example um can you just give us a bit of a snapshot as to to, to what you've got on, on on offer yeah yeah we're um we're, we're working closely with an organization called uh, ampi so uh, advanced machinery and Productivity Institute. I hope I've got that got that right. But okay. I think that's uh, I think that's it. But they um, they're, they're going to become a, a national 
organization to support all machinery manufacturers in the in the uk okay um the the head office is uh rochdale so we've been helping them with engaging with machinery manufacturers uh locally yep um so we're, we're going to carry that on you know in terms of supporting them supporting them with that but i think that's the start of a like a new way of working i think for us in in working closer with um organizations that maybe just aren't quite close enough to manufacturing yeah because we we've got a whole host of customers that have got an appetite for you know growth and change and improving things yeah you know we're 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 a good place to people to come who want to work with manufacturers that will grab all the things and and run with it. Um, so so we're going to be doing we're going to be doing more of that. Uh, our big event is May. Um, so our conference is is May. Um, yeah, and we, we'll be looking at what the future holds for for manufacturing, really. So you know some of the topics will undoubtedly be sustainability yeah um tech skills leadership culture the yeah i think they're, they're the main the, the main areas and i think i think when, when i say sustainability i mean beyond beyond net zero yeah sustainability means much more you know like sustainable um planet economy you know we've got to look after people's well-being um we need to be considering more of a circular economy and, and not having things going to to landfill so I, th I think there's a lot of facets to to sustainability so i think it'd yeah. be good to have some people speaking at our event that aren't just talking about net zero just kind of widen the scope of that that conversation a bit so yeah 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 and i think the the, the challenge with young people is probably something i'm personally going to get more 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 involved in you know, and that's how do we get more uh, more schools and manufacturing companies, you know, in, engaging with each other uh, at a younger age. Yeah. You know, that you know, you've got to you've got to put it on the map for these youngsters, haven't you? Um, I think there's some people doing it really well, but they 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 are a minority. Um, so you can't just complain and say no one ever knocks on our door for a job. You've got to get off your backside, haven't you, and do yes you've got to get got to be in it to win it oh yeah i've had a number of other guests on the podcast over the last sort of 18 months talking about that very topic you know how do we get more youngsters into manufacturing and engineering so uh there's probably some people i can put you in contact with i'll, I'll chat to you uh chat to you offline about that but um well gary we, we've sort of come to the end of the uh the podcast it's been a, a very insightful discussion thank you very much for your time hope you've enjoyed oh, uh you. hope you've enjoyed our chat today so there we go another episode has come and gone thank you the listeners for joining us on insights for manufacturing look out for the next episode and we'll see you next time bye-bye